Hi, this is Randy Seaver of the Genie Musings blog, and you're listening to the Genealogy Gems podcast. Welcome to the Genealogy Gems podcast, providing quick and innovative ways to make the absolute most out of your research time and creative ideas for sharing and displaying your family history. I'm your host, Lisa Louise Cook. Hello and welcome to Genealogy Gems podcast episode number 67. You know, I was chatting with my cousin on Facebook the other day, and we were talking about how just when you think you're going to have time to sit down and do some research, something pops up and you run out of time. Well, we've determined that it's pretty much a myth that you have more time to do what you want to do when your kids are grown, because <laughs> both of us have um, basically grown kids. And in fact, you know, this morning I was putting a load of laundry in the washer and turned on my self-cleaning oven, and I still had the rest of the day ahead of me. Now, just those two chores alone would have taken me an entire day back in 1867. But even with the modern conveniences, how do we seem to still be so short on time? It is one of life's great mysteries, I think. <laughs> but I am really glad that you made the time to spend this episode with me, because we indeed are going to spend some time on something that we really like to do, and that's genealogy. So let's talk genealogy. And there is so much to talk about. Uh, last weekend, I was at the Southern California Genealogical Jamboree, and I I know everybody's been raving about it on the internet, but it was worth raving about. It was fantastic. It was a really fun event. Um, I think they had over 1,500 people. And in fact, Paula Hinkle, who organizes the event, did an interview and she was talking about how many attendees, how many exhibitors, and all the things, and how all of it was bigger and better than it was in last year. And of course, they've been doing this for years, and, and they absolutely really do seem to focus in on how can we make it better every single year. This was my first year, so I didn't have a lot to gauge by. All I knew was it was terrific. <laughs> I tried to go last year, and um, my daughter Hannah was in a softball tournament that same weekend, so kids come first. So I did that. But this year, actually, I would have missed it again because Hannah graduated the weekend that they were originally scheduling the jamboree. But then, I don't know, the, the skies opened up and, and, and somehow they ended up moving the jamboree to the end of June. That was perfect. I was able to go. I was able to be at graduation. I get to do everything. So I've been blogging about it on the Genealogy Gems news blog, so you may have caught some of those articles. But, oh, let me give you the rundown. Um, Friday we got there. Well, actually, my daughter, Lacey, my middle daughter, Lacey, who's 21, she came with me. Thank goodness she was a godsend. <laughs> and uh, she was such a trooper. She, we came down on Thursday evening, got settled in at the hotel and everything, and then just took off running on Friday morning. We actually were running the Family Tree Magazine booth. We were kind of doing a combo booth. It was Family Tree Magazine and Genealogy Gems. So it was really fun to be there and representing the magazine as well. So Lacey really spent the entire conference sitting at that booth and at the table and meeting everybody and doing a tremendous job. We pretty much, I think I was busy doing interviews. In fact, you're going to hear one of those interviews that I did a little bit later in the show, but 
so many fantastic speakers and experts. I mean, they all congregate in one place. I had to grab as many as I could. And so I spent a lot of Friday there at the booth, you know, just kind of in the middle of the hubbub, interviewing so many of the folks that you are probably familiar with in the world of genealogy. Lots of great interviews to, to look forward to. In fact, you know, in so many ways, I feel very fortunate because you know, not everybody can get out to a genealogy conference or expo. And so I love being able to interview the people that are teaching there and speaking there and exhibiting at the conferences, because really, it's like bringing a kind of your own mini conference to you here on the show, we get a chance to talk to them one on one. And delve into some topics that maybe they didn't have time for in their classes. I love to give you an overview of what they what they do at the conference, but then with many of them, we kind of get a little deeper into various genealogical topics. So you got lots to look forward to. It's your, your own free conference here on the Genealogy Gems podcast. Keep an eye out for those upcoming interviews. And then on Saturday, well, well no, no, let, let me tell you, on Friday night, it was fantastic. They had the banquet. They had Takufu Zuberi, one of the hosts of the History Detectives television series on PBS. Now, as you probably know, I got a chance to interview Takufu Zuberi one-on-one for the Genealogy Gems podcast. That was episode 63. If by chance you missed it, I will have a link directly to that episode in the show notes for this episode. A fascinating guy, a wide and varied background, and he shared some really touching stories during his um, banquet presentation. And even though there were a couple of snafus with the technology, oh, didn't even phase him. He just kind of kept going. And when it got back up and running, he showed us the video clips, and it was a lot of fun. But what I really enjoyed, even before Dr. Zuberi got started talking, was, oh, I have to tell you. I went to the banquet myself. Lacey was not up for a genealogy banquet. She had been working the table all day, so that was fine. She was up in the room, getting room service, watching movies, that kind of thing. So I head down there, and of course I'm thinking, oh, fashionably late, I'll be there at, you know, 7.35. Well, I walked in, the entire room was packed, and I was hoping to get um, a seat with my friend and listener, Tim Cox, and I walked in, and I couldn't see him, and I was was (laughs) looking all around, and I just beelined to the first table that had an empty chair, because it was a packed room, and ended up sitting with a terrific table of avid genealogists. They were from all different states, backgrounds, and well, here, why tell you about them? I'd like to introduce you to my table mates at the Friday Night Banquet at Jamboree. I'm Marilyn Hoffman, and this is probably my 10th Jamboree. And um, my favorite thing so far is uh, Bennett Greenspan on the DNA presentation. Hello, my name is Nancy Stone. This is my first year at the Jamboree. And my very favorite part has been, let's see, I went to see a presentation on Roots Magic, and that was very exciting at that time. I'm Mary Cooper. This is my third year at the Jamboree, and I just love it. It gets better and better. I love the speakers. I love the exhibits. I'm having a great time. Hi, my name is William Searin. I'm from Corona, California, and this is the first time I've been to the Jamboree, and the part that I liked was uh, the seminar about the ports. 
My name is Donna Siri, and I'm from Corona, California. This is the first time I've been to Jamboree, and I really enjoy attending these things. Hi, I'm Jean Wilcox-Hibbon, and I'm from Lake Matthews, California, in Riverside County, and having a great time at Jamboree. Oh, this is the, the, Hibbon here again. This is my second Jamboree, and uh, so far I haven't had time to have a favorite thing. I'm Gail, and this is my third Jamboree, and I think this dinner was my favorite thing. I've been on Jenny Craig. Diane Wright, and this is my first Jamboree. Hi, this is Pat. This is my third Jamboree, and my favorite part are all the wonderful people I meet. They were such a fun group, and they were such troopers. It was so loud in there, and I just thrust the digital recorder in their face and said, introduce yourself, and they passed it all around the table, and it was a lot of fun. They were terrific, and several of them showed up in my classes on Sunday, and I saw them in the halls, and it was just like having instant friends, you know, to to say hi. That's the thing about going to a conference. You could literally go by yourself, and you just will not be alone because everybody's there for the same reason. They're all saying hi. They're happy to make friends, and it is just a fun experience. Now, um, I talked about the a little bit more about the banquet dinner um, and about meeting Takufu again in person, finally, um, in the Genealogy Gems news blog, so you can check that out. And then, let's see, on Saturday, it was just a whole day of more of the same. I think they started up about 8 o'clock in the morning, and they went till 7 o'clock at night. We spent a good part of the day at our exhibit table and meeting the folks, it was really cool. So many of you came up to the table and introduced yourself. And I even recognized a couple people. I know Michael Brown came up to the table, and I recognized him because he'd emailed me a photograph of himself listening to the show on the iPod, oh gosh, a year or two ago when I first got started. And I went, ah, oh, I know that face. <laughs> and lots of other folks came up to the table and introduced themselves. And hey, let me tell you, even Lacey has a few fans out there. People were walking up and saying, oh, you must be Lacey. You did a great job covering for your mom on that episode when she was sick. <laughs> so here Lacey thought, oh, I'm not going to know anybody. And she had her own little fan club, so she did fine. <laughs> she really enjoyed um, saying hi. It's really fun for us to get a chance to meet the people who are actually listening to the show. And you guys are emailing in, and, and it's just really fun to get to know each other personally. So I uh, did lots more interviews again on Saturday. Interviewed, oh gosh, one that I had so much fun with was uh, Tony Burroughs. He, you'll probably know Tony because he was in the Ancestors series, and he also worked on Oprah's Roots and I think African American Lives, a couple of those TV shows. And he's the author of the book Black Roots and some other books. He's just and he is just a kick. He is so much fun. We, we just bantered all weekend. His table, I think, was two tables down. And uh, we recorded a podcast interview as well as a video cast. So that is coming up down the road. But he had some really great insight into genealogical research. He's kind of like me. He likes to have fun doing it. <laughs> but it was funny. We were talking about our experience on Texas Ranch House, the PBS series, and Tony says, you got to come back to my booth. you got to come back and, and, and see what I've got. And we kept coming back, and he was busy or we were busy. But by the end of the weekend, he pulls out his iPhone, and he pulls up this little video, and there is Tony Burroughs in his blue baseball cap out in the middle of Nebraska branding cattle. 
he is a cowboy dude. <laughs> Tony was just wrestling him. They were whipping these cattle down and branding them. And so we have not only genealogy in, com in common, but cattle ranching. So <laughs> that was a lot of fun. You you'll love his interview. That'll be coming up in, a, in an episode here shortly. And then Saturday night was the thing I was really looking forward to. Uh, well, I, there were so many things I was looking forward to, but this was a first for a genealogy conference, and that was that the Genia bloggers had a real presence there. Now, Saturday morning, I did the Genealogy Bloggers Summit. They called it Son of Blogger. This was the second year. And I was up there on the panel with the likes of Dick Eastman and Shelley Talalayda Dardashti, uh, Dear Myrtle, Craig Manson, Steve Danko. Um, oh, gosh. Oh, the Ancestry Insider was up there. Uh, Leland Meitzler and, of course, George Morgan of the Genealogy Guys was moderating. And so we had two and a half hours. Now, I was thinking, oh, my gosh, two and a half hours. That's going to be a long time. It just flew by. And we had about half the audience were new to blogging and wanted to learn how to do some blogging. And then we had half the audience were experienced bloggers. Uh, lots of names you would know, like the Footnote Maven and Thomas McKenty and all these folks who were sitting in the audience so it was a lot of fun, but it was just the precursor to the real fun because that night, Thomas McKenty, who kind of runs the Genia Blogger site, he got all of us together and had over 30 genealogy bloggers get together for dinner that night uh, in the restaurant at the hotel. Well, first of all, you could recognize this because he was handing out these red, white, and blue shiny wild necklaces. So you could always tell a genealogy blogger when you're walking around the halls of the Jamboree. But then that night, he, he organized this whole thing. We all showed up and just had a grand time. If you want to see it, you can actually see video of the Genealogy Bloggers Dinner. It's just kind of a, I just spin the camera around. It's a who's who of uh, in genealogy blogging. And you can watch that again on the Genealogy Gems news blog. Uh, there's a post there about the Saturday night dinner. There's also one about the Son of Blogger um, Summit that I did. And we just had a fantastic time. And it, let me tell you. Genealogy bloggers are loud. <laughs> we were so loud. I think Paula Hinkle told us she could hear us out in the hallway, out in the hotel. But we were just having such a good time. And, and I don't remember who was saying it. It might have been uh, Elise. But she says, I think that genealogy bloggers are so loud because we only just type most of the time. <laughs> you know, we're typing in our own little home office. And here we were having a chance to chat and visit and catch up and get to know each other. And it was just like a family reunion. It was wonderful. So, and I have to send out a, a special hello to Amy Coffin, who's also a genealogy blogger. She handed out the, she's renowned now because she was handing out these black ribbons that said rock star. And she'd given me mine earlier. So I show up at the genealogy bloggers dinner with my rock star ribbon on my badge. Oh, well, you know, they were like, oh, where'd you get that? And she's handing out these ribbons. I don't know what they mean, but it was fun. <laughs> um, but she kind of started a new trend. So I'm going to have to get a Genealogy Gems ribbon for these name badges. It's it's like a badge of honor. You end up with, I had my, my badge speaker and author and exhibitor. I don't know all the different things we were, but then I guess you can get these on your own. So anyway, thank you, Amy, for my rock star ribbon. And it was a big hit and everybody out there wanted to be a rock star. Um, oh, let's see. Well, 
So after dinner, we went back to the room. Uh, Lacey came to dinner. Yeah, this time I talked her into it, and she just had a blast. She was just chatting on with everybody, and uh, it was kind of fun because Elise, who is a genealogy blogger, she came, and she's 19, Lacey's 21. Elise, Elise still hold the, holds the record for being the youngest there, but it was nice that the girls had somebody kind of in their own age range. But, hey, they fit right in with all the rest of us, so... Sunday, that was really kind of the topper because I got a chance to teach my classes. Uh, I did Google, a gold mine of genealogy gems, part one and part two. So there were two classes that we had an hour and a half lunch break in between. And let me tell you, it blew my socks off. Um, the response was just tremendous. They actually gave us two banquet rooms. And this is really neat because Paula Hinkle puts out a survey to get a sense of what classes people are going to want to attend. And so they did a really great job of anticipating the room size that were need, that was needed. So we actually had two ballrooms that were um, joined together. They took out the middle divider and we had, I think, I think I counted about 200 chairs in there. Well, my goodness, we got about 15 minutes before we were supposed to get started. I look up, I'm, I've been hooking up my equipment, and I turn around, and the room is full. And not only was it full, we had people sitting up in the front on the floor. We had people staying along the back wall, and there were literally people staying in the doorway looking around helplessly because there weren't any more chairs. So I know a lot of you from the Google class are listening. Hi, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad that you're listening. Welcome aboard. Um, you will find a photograph of yourself in the Genealogy Gems e-newsletter that went out this week, um, notifying you of this episode. And you guys were great. I mean, big smiling faces. They were so enthusiastic, and they totally got what I was talking about in terms of um, using Google and really turning it into your whole genealogy dashboard and really your personal assistant. In fact, uh, between classes, one of my students, Norma, came running up, and we had been talking about Google Alerts in class. And um, I've talked about Google Alerts here on the show, and I've done a video of, on how to set them up and everything. Anyway, she, she comes up and she's got her brand new, it wasn't an iPhone, but it was some kind of a Verizon or some kind of fancy phone. And she says, Lisa, you've got to see, I set up two Google Alerts while you were teaching it, and I just got my first two emails. And she had gotten emails with alerts to go to specific web pages that had information that she was looking for. And she just, her eyes just lit up. And so I told everybody in the class, well, Norma's already got her Google alerts. So <laughs> they needed to get busy. And they certainly did. They just took it right on. And and then a wonderful response uh, we had to the table in the exhibit hall and uh signed lots of books and got lots of uh, new genealogy premium members. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to all the premium members. You guys are fantastic. I think you're going to enjoy all the, the video series and the members-only podcast episodes that you're going to get on Genealogy Gems Premium. So, oh my gosh, all the way around, it was just a wonderful time. I even got interviewed. Here I was running around teaching and interviewing everybody else. And the genealogy guys um, pulled me aside and we did a video interview for the genealogy guys. So it was kind of funny to be the one answering the questions versus asking the questions, but they were wonderful. And it was really fun to finally meet online friends in person. And, and that's 
one of the things I was talking about in my Genealogy Gems news blog. Here we are, you know, people are very concerned about the internet somehow kind of destroying the personal aspects of genealogy, whether it's the livelihood of a society, you know, that societies are declining or whether people will ever want to go to conferences again because they get the impression that everything happens online. But what I really discovered at the at the Jamboree was that there's a there's a marriage, there's a synergy there between online research and connectivity and meeting up at conferences and, and getting the most out of conferences and societies. Because without Facebook and Twitter and all the ways and, and the message boards and the family trees that we post, all those ways that we've connected, I could have easily walked into that conference with 1,500 people in it and really felt fairly alone, except for those of you who are wonderful and came up to the, the, the booth and everything. But just walk in the halls and everything, anybody who attends a conference like that uh, and goes into classes could kind of sit there and feel like they're by themselves. But as it was... There was such um, enthusiasm and connecting going on because people were running into people that they had met online, that they had shared information with, that they had read their blog, all the different ways that we connect online. And it really broke the barrier of introducing ourselves. We, we felt like we already knew each other. It was just a matter of getting a hug now and getting a chance to talk in person and exchanging cards or badge ribbons or whatever it was. But I walked away from there feeling like not only had we made so many new friends in the classes, uh, at the booth, Genealogy Premium members, but new friends with people that I have had a chance to get to know over the last couple of years online. And it's just one big, wonderful family. I really, really encourage you, if you have an opportunity to go to a future conference, do so. Um, I'm going to be at a couple of conferences. I'll be at upcoming here. There's one at the end of the summer, at the end of August, the Family History Expo. Um, that's going to be in the Salt Lake City area. I can't wait to do that. I mean, got to go over to the Family History Library, right? <laughs> and then I believe in October, Family History Expo is going to have one in my neck of the woods in Redding, California. That's in Northern California. And put the jamboree on your calendar for next June because they really offer you a level of education and connection and information that is just unique to these live events. They re it really is. So wholeheartedly encourage you to get involved. I'm sure glad that I did. And of course, what does one do after a wonderfully successful conference? Uh, go to Disneyland, of course. And that's what Lacey and I did. We packed up the car and we headed south to Anaheim, got into the hotel room that night, walked over to the downtown Disney area and had a wonderful outdoor meal at an Italian restaurant, bought our tickets for the next day. And then eight o'clock in the morning, we were there, we were in, we hit Space Mountain, hit it twice, hit Indiana Jones twice, hit all the major rides. I think by noon, we were we had just ridden everything. It was crazy. But we were really lucky because it was so quiet. We were literally walking on to rides, which is so unusual for Disneyland. Had a fantastic time. We were really excited because my oldest daughter, Vienna, of course, as you know, is expecting our first grandchild. And she's decided that Winnie the Pooh is her theme for the nursery. So we had to hit the Winnie the Pooh store over by Splash Mountain back there in the corner. Bought lots of goodies. Oh, cute little toys and picture frames. Shh, don't tell her. But we had a wonderful time. Okay, 
So here I am raving about this wonderful time we had, um, but I know you guys have been having some fun too. So what we need to do is head over to the mailbox and read some listener email. So that's coming up next in the mailbox. Well, following up with my description of the Jamboree, I got an email from uh, Nancy from Mason, who signed up as a premium member, and she was in the Google classes. Hi, Nancy. We've been talking back and forth online. And she wrote me an email. She says, hello, yay, I did it. Your tips, etc. I She says, I uploaded my photos to iGoogle. And she says, now I have made my own Google gadget. Yay! (laughs) And she says she's been driving her husband nuts, but he does not really care. He isn't that into genealogy, but he was helping her get all set up on iGoogle. So anyway, Nancy, congratulations. And Nancy actually emailed me her Google gadget, had a beautiful photograph of her mother, and just so much fun. I'm so glad so many of you who took the classes... We're embracing iGoogle and all the different tools that we were talking about. Now, let's see here. I also got an email from Terry Chafin. She says, I, I have downloaded your podcast to my waterproof MP3 player, and I listen to it every morning while I swim for an hour. It makes time fly. Okay, now I knew I was with you guys in the car and on the train and exercising out, you know, walking and running. I had no idea there were waterproof MP3 players. To think, (laughs) I'm in the water there with Terry. That is so cool. Thank you so much for writing, Terry. That is an awesome idea. And I also got an email from Danny from Baltimore. He says, I just listened to episode 64 from the 24th of April. He says, I'm a little behind. And I found the discussion about the lack of citation notations on online records most interesting. I am new to Ancestry, having just purchased a subscription. The majority of my research is via the Maryland State Archives online website, which automatically includes a citation on the front of their downloads, which are always PDF. And he includes a citation here from the Land Records website, which is accessed via a user account. It's a free user account. And it's a terrific, very detailed um, source citation, including um, the name of where the records came from and the date of the records, the date they were printed, the page number, everything. Uh, Danny says, it's mind-boggling to me that Ancestry, etc., would not do something like this. If a state on a limited budget could manage this, then what's the reason that Ancestry doesn't? Is it because they don't want to invest the time and effort into the technology? Plus, there is probably a licensing issue with Adobe, and, well, it's just hard to stick a crowbar into some wallets. <laughs> Love the show. Keep up the good work. And that's Danny from Baltimore. Thank you, Danny. Appreciate your opinions on that. And who knows, you know, maybe with continued requests from users, we'll find that more and more online records companies are offering source citations. Wouldn't that be great? Okay, well, coming up next, we got a little bit of news for you. Hang on. You know, I love bringing these genealogical gems to you that help boost your research and build a strong family tree. And it's important to me to always have free podcasts available so that everyone can participate. If you enjoy these free shows and you would like to help me cover the costs of bringing them to you each week, there's a really easy way to do that that won't cost you a thing. By coming to my website at genealogygems.tv whenever you need to do some shopping online and accessing your favorite stores and websites through the links that you find on my site, 
you financially support the show. The price you pay is exactly the same, but Genealogy Gems receives a small percentage for referring you. It's just that simple. Amazon is one of my all-time favorite places to shop online. They have just about everything and at incredibly competitive prices. So next time you're looking for books, DVDs, software, electronics, apparel, pretty much anything at all, head to genealogygems.tv and click the Amazon ad that you find on the homepage or throughout the website. And these free podcasts will benefit by any shopping that you do and you will get the same super low prices. Everybody wins. So if you enjoyed the Genealogy Gems podcast and the Family History Genealogy Made Easy podcast, let your mouse do the shopping through the ads and links on the Genealogy Gems website, and together we'll keep new episodes coming for a long time to come. Well, I have to admit, I'm a little behind with the news. It's amazing what being gone for five or six days can do to you. <laughs> I, I absolutely wanted to keep up with the emails coming in from, from you guys, the listeners. So I didn't necessarily keep up all that well on news. But um, there's a couple things going on. I got a notice that Family Search in partnership with Ancestry.ca, which I believe is the Canadian version of Ancestry, and the Libraries and Archives Canada, well, they all announced that the addition of the 1851, 1861, and 1871 Canadian census indexes were coming on to their online collection. The new indexes that are going to be on FamilySearch can be searched for free at FamilySearch.org. You just click Search Records and then click Record Search Pilot. And FamilySearch published the 1881 Canadian census previously online, and they plan to add the 1891 Canada census shortly. Uh, they say here that these censuses are part of the FamilySearch Records Access Program, reported in May of 2008, to provide public access to more records more quickly. And finally, they say that the free access to the indexes for the 19th century collection of Canada censuses is in the first phase. Free access to the record images will also be available to qualified FamilySearch members as soon as an authentication process is implemented. And I have a bit of news on the Genealogy Gems front. First of all, a surprise, and it really was a surprise, Genealogy Gems, my website, has received a 101 Best Websites for Genealogy Award from Family Tree Magazine. Now, as you probably know, I host the Family Tree Magazine podcast, and I've started writing a bit for the magazine, and that may have brought the website to their attention. But I had absolutely no idea that I was going to be considered for the list, and I really, really want to thank the folks at Family Tree Magazine for including me on the list. And really, they kind of expanded into providing, you know, 10 websites from the technology standpoint. Because if you think about it, it's wonderful to have all the websites with the records online and, and, and the actual genealogical you know, data. But there are many websites like Genealogy Gems that in one form or another are providing more educational material and information that help you to know what to do with all those wonderful records that you get online. So they're really expanding their view of the types of websites that are out there and all the various ways that they help you with your genealogy research. And I am just very, very honored to be included on that list. So thank you, Family Tree Magazine. 
And in fact, that list for the 101 best websites shows up in the most current issue, as does my article. I wrote an article for the episode. Let me pull it out here. Which which magazine? Okay. The 101 Best Websites magazine was September 2009. Now, it's July right now when I'm recording, but they come out a bit early. Wow. Really exciting. It was really fun because I got to find myself in the 101 Best Websites for Tracing Your Roots list. And then I have an article. It's called Grave Transformations. Um, this is kind of the brainchild of Allison Stacy, who is the editor of the magazine, and, and she knows I love, you know, technology and problem solving and kind of thinking outside the box when it comes to genealogy. And so she asked me about doing something that I had kind of touched on in a previous podcast episode, and that is using technology that we have on our computers to help benefit our research in unique ways, ways that maybe we hadn't thought of before. Grave Transformations is on page 66 and 67 of the September issue of 2009, and it's really taking photographs of gravestones that are difficult to read and manipulating them almost like using, in forensics, they use alternative light sources. Well, that's the same concept here. We used alternative light sources to illuminate the gravestone so that you could actually read it without touching it. So you don't have to use shaving cream or do a rubbing or anything that might harm the tombstone. You can actually just snap some photographs and, and, and download it onto your computer and work with it. So take a look at the article. I think you'll find this interesting, and it, and it could be used in so many different ways. But better yet, they actually um, had me put together a video, which you can find on YouTube at the Family Tree Magazine YouTube channel. And it really takes the entire article and shows you step-by-step step online, live on the computer screen, how to do this photo manipulation. So again, really innovative ideas coming out of Family Tree Magazine. They're expanding not just from the print magazine, but into the podcast and into the videos to really give you the full spectrum of information about doing genealogy research. And I just love being a part of it. So anyway, check it out. I will have a link in the show notes for you to the video at Family Tree Magazine. And um, you can learn how to kind of transform your tombstones that you find of your ancestors. And finally, also uh, a Genealogy Gems partnership with Family Tree Magazine. Let me pull it up here because I got to make sure that I've got the dates right. <laughs> I just noticed on the website they are now posting the promotion for an upcoming webinar that I'm going to be doing. I am really psyched about this because webinars are just new technology, a fantastic new way to provide personalized classes, even though you might live on the other side of the country from me. You're going to get a chance to sit in on my class. We'll interact together. You'll be looking real time at what I'm working with on the computer and able to interact, ask questions. It is going to be a blast. The webinar is on newspapers. It's it's called Finding Your Family in Old Newspapers, Top Websites for Getting the Scoop on Your Relatives. I'm going to be presenting this class online on July 29th, and that's going to be at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. 
So head to FamilyTreeMagazine.com, and you'll find there on the front page, if you click the Webinars tab, it's kind of a teal color, you'll find information. You can register right online. They've got it for a, a terrific price. It's $29.95, which is a bargain, because we're going to spend a whole hour together, and it's going to be, like I say, very interactive. Best of all, when you participate in a Family Tree Magazine webinar, the registration includes participation in the live presentation and the question and answer session, but also online access to the workshop recording after the session concludes. So you can go back, watch it again, uh, review what you wanted to review from the session. It's all there for you recorded online. And also you get a PDF of the presentation slides for future reference. So lots of great info that's all comes in the one package of, of uh, participating in the webinar. And if you register by July 17th, you can submit a question about online newspaper research that you would like to see answered, and we may be able to get to that during the presentation. So real interactive. This is a lot of fun. I've actually participated in webinars as a participant or a student, if you will, but this is going to be a ton of fun to be able to teach it and really get a chance to work with you personally. Okay, well, coming up next, I'm going to have the first of many of the interviews that I did at the Southern California Genealogical Jamboree, and it is with um, somebody who I can now call a dear friend. It's Randy Seaver of the Genia Musings blog. Well, you kind of had a hint when you first started listening to this episode that Randy Seaver the author of the Genia Musings blog might have a little something to do with this podcast episode. Um, and that's because I got a chance to meet Randy finally in person. I've been reading his blog for quite some time now. Uh, he's been at it since I think about 2006. And I know he has a huge following. Chances are you have at some point read the, read the Genia Musings blog. But to date, I don't think Randy's ever appeared on a podcast or a videocast, and this is your chance to get to know the man behind the blog. And so I have my interview with Randy Seaver that we conducted at the Jamboree, so you'll hear lots of hubbub in the background, but you'll definitely be able to hear him talk about setting up the blog, how the blog has grown, his own genealogy research, anything he wanted to talk about, I was game to talk about. So here's my conversation with Randy Seaver. I'm at the Southern California Genealogical Jamboree, and I'm really excited because I have somebody here live in person that is somebody that we're all familiar with online, but I don't know. Have you ever done a video? No. Okay. Well, this is a first. I have Randy Seaver. Welcome, Randy. Thank you. And Randy, you are the author of the Genia, is, has Genia Musings, is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. Okay. The Genia Musings. Genia Musings blog. Yeah. And that has become one big popular blog. I imagine that uh, anybody who's watching this online, chances are, has come across it. How long have you been doing the blog? I started in April of 2006, so three years. Okay. And it started as Randy's Musings. Right. You know, when, when you start these things, you figure, well, I know something about religion and science and politics and sports and a little bit about genealogy, too. And so... By May of 2006, I figured out that I didn't really know, want to talk about the others. I just wanted to talk about <laughs> genealogy. So uh, I, it changed from randysmusings.com to geniamusings.com. Wonderful. So you really found that your passion for what you wanted to write about 
was um, genealogy. Now, you write not just once a day. I, from what I see, you look like you're writing several times a day. Is that right? I, I would say several times a day is accurate, yeah. yeah. <laughs> About 2.6 posts per day on average. Wow. So, some days none. And so, how's it growing? I mean, certainly genealogy online is growing. People are mm -hmm. on Facebook now. They're reading blogs. Do you have any sense of what your readership was two years ago and what it looks like today? I think readership today is around a thousand visitors a day, both wow. on the on the blog as an URL, in readers, and by email. And two years ago, it was probably a hundred or 150. So readership's gone up, but that's because of content and quantity and quality. I think that's fantastic. And just for those who maybe by chance are not reading blogs yet, what do you find? is the big key. What's the draw to a blog? Now you've been doing it and things change quickly. You haven't stopped blogging. So what is it that's uniquely offered in the blog format? I think it's the immediacy of it that, that you can instantly respond to an issue. My blog's a little different from some of the others in that I analyze more than pub just publish a press release. Other bloggers may publish a press release and not, not comment on it. I tend to link to their press release publication and then write a, and a, analyze what it says mm -hmm. and, and how it affects me as an individual. I think people identify with a person and, uh, and, and appreciate having almost instant commentary. It's well, like being it's like being on Fox News as as, as yes. one of these guys arguing back and forth, right? Exactly. Yeah. And and the thing is, I think you're absolutely right that um, that the analysis, in a sense, I know when I read your blog, what I really think to myself is, oh, okay, so he thought that too, or oh, you know, I mean, I hadn't thought of it that way. And it's a very personal. I mean, you can't help but really communicate kind of who you are, what you're about. And I think people are drawn to that that personality of yours that comes through. I'm not sure about personality. Uh, <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. No, I think that's very true. Um, so let's talk about what kind of topics that you cover okay. on a blog. Um, I know that there are a couple of different areas that you tend to touch on on a regular basis. Tell us what you cover. I think first of all, are there's local San Diego area genealogy programs. Yes. I, I, I tend to... Uh, highlight them before they occur and then review them after they occur. Uh, I do my own personal research uh, topics. If I, if I have a problem area, I will post about it and hopefully get some comments back. Uh, if I'm in progress on research, I will uh, maybe make a, a, you know, a, a, a number of posts on the topic. Uh, then there's the news of the day and analysis of that. There's websites, and I often will go through my experiences with a website, and then there's software, and go through my experiences with software. I've done several 20-some post series on Family Tree Maker 2009 and on Roots Magic 4. And you're really posting not just your commentary and what you're experiencing, but, but screenshots. So we can really see it along with you, can't we? I do a lot of screenshots. I'm not sure the value of those because not everybody will click on it and bring it up where they can read it. But, uh, so they can the, be the, larger if we just click the, on the, it. You can follow it along. The, things, the screenshots, when I save them, I save them in a PowerPoint-type format so that I could give that same lecture at my local society or some other society. 
It sounds like your society is very energetic and dynamic. I, I know that a lot of people are concerned about the decline of genealogy societies. What are your thoughts on that? I think that the societies have to adapt to the environment. We have a, you know, a whole set of traditional genealogists out there in societies, and many of them have not adapted to the Internet. And right. then we have people who have adapted to the Internet and maybe don't know much about the traditional society activities. And so if we can bring both parties in and, and blend them together so that the Internet folks help the traditionalists and the traditionalists help the Internet folks uh, understand uh, good practices and things like this. It, it almost reminds me of the, uh, the ranchers versus the farmers kind yeah. of mentality. And yet they both have a lot to offer each other. They're in the same community. And I'm finding also one of the really interesting things about this conference is that um, you could almost look at conferences as declining if you were to think about it because there's so much online, there's so much information, there's so much sharing. And yet, this is buzzing. And I'm finding myself experiencing that it's the connecting with people that I've spent time with online all year long. It's really exciting to see them here. What do you see? Because I know you're very active in social media, like Facebook. Yeah. How has that changed the conference experience for you? I really haven't been to many conferences, so I don't know. Really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, this is the first one I paid for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Was it worth it? <laughs> sure. Well, yeah. so far, yeah. I got yeah. to meet you. Great. <laughs> um, what was the question? Well, just if you... <laughs> If you find that the idea of um, connecting online, because we are connecting online, and some people might say, well, why should I bother going to a conference if I, you know, can do it all online? This is, this is the traditional way that connections occur, mm -hmm. okay? Now, the new way is Twittering and Facebooking and things like this, right. but uh, and reading blogs, I hope, but uh, we were seeing a blend of it. We have over 30 bloggers here at this conference uh, this weekend. And uh, we have our own little activity, so we have our own little group of, yes. of uh, uh, our I own little special my, group. My I haven't got my necklace yet. You got to find Thomas McIntyre. I haven't seen around. Thomas yet. Yeah. Yeah. But he'll he'll be around. So. <laughs> I, I think that's true. It, it's really fun. People are kind of finding these sub niches that they're really interested in mm -hmm. in terms of genealogy. And then when we all get together here, we're having you know get-togethers and dinners and that kind of stuff, yeah. and it just makes it so much fun. Well. What is going to be coming down the future for you in your blog? Are you going to continue on the road you're on, or do you have some kind of expansion idea? I mean, you're becoming quite an enterprise all unto yourself. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> GenieMusics.com isn't growing, isn't, isn't going to branch out into video or, or podcasts and yeah. not be a competitor to, to you. Welcome. Um, <laughs> uh, because I, I really don't have an interest in, in that technology. Yeah. Okay? I like the writing part. Okay, I like Have it. you always been a writer? Not really. I've branched out into speaking more at local societies, uh, and I have a lot of fun with that. Uh, and I'm teaching a bit, but uh, uh, I, I don't think the blog will change much in the next year or two. Uh, I have, uh, on Blogger, where, where I am, there's a, a one gigabyte limit on picture sizes that you can upload. So every screenshot costs me, you know... <laughs> Half a half a megabyte or something right. like that. <laughs> right. So I, ha I have a physical limit. I'm about 300 megabytes at this point. So I, another three or four years, maybe the, the extent of it, or until I get old. 
Right. And also, another interesting point about blogging is that you get comments from people. Yes. So you're really kind of hearing from people around the world, aren't you? I think so. Uh, there's there's some folks, I don't know where they are. Uh, one of my favorites is Tamara Jones, who lives in Holland. And uh, he, he has an excellent website, TamaraJones.net, that... Uh, uh, he comments. Not it's not a blog. It's a website. Oh, right. He writes articles and posts them, and uh, he, he's really interesting. So it, he's one that I know about. Uh, I get a comments occasionally from Australia, and England, and Canada. It's it's an amazing world. It's become a quite a small world, but all the better for us as genealogists, I think. Yeah. Now I I can't let you go without asking you this. Um, what is one of your favorite? genealogical research tips. You've been doing a lot. You, you go through a lot of your experiences on your blog. What's a little nugget, or a gem, as we call them on our show? What's a, what's a Randy Seaver genealogy gem? I think it's probably pretty common to, to, to most researchers. Uh, it's not all on the Internet. The, yeah. Only 3 or 5% of all genealogy content is on the Internet now, and more will be coming later. Uh, but that means that the rest of it is somewhere, and we have to find it. Yes. And it's in the Family History Library microfilms. It's in Historical Society vertical files or, or records of some sort. It's in periodicals that societies have published after indexing or, or reviewing uh, you know, documents. Uh, that, that, so you need to go past the Internet, the, the, the sign... Uh, we have the iceberg sign here uh, in the California Society booth uh, that shows that, as like an iceberg, the uh, the tip is the internet, and it's you know five percent above water, and and the rest of all, all the content is below the surface of the water that we really can't see if we're only doing internet genealogy. Exactly, the internet can help us figure out where the repositories exactly. are who the people are to contact, but oftentimes, so often, it's still the real yeah. inquiry and personal visit or asking a real person to help you locate it within that repository. Yeah. And it's a finding aid. So mm -hmm. it's easier to find things now than it was 10 years ago before the Internet, but you still have to find the material. Well, that's fascinating to me because you are definitely a presence on the Internet. You're doing your genealogy blog, and yet you yourself are still... Um, quite the advocate of getting the word out that there's yeah. so much more than just what we're finding online exactly. records. Fantastic. Tell us again your website address so they can find your Genia Musings blog. Okay, www.geniamusings.com. That's G-E-N-E-A-M-U-S-I-N-G-S. -E and, uh, of course, it means genealogy and musings, or it could be gene amusings. Uh, <laughs> And you tend to be a little bit amusing on that blog. I always enjoy your sense of humor and the fun that you bring to genealogy. Thank you so much, Randy, for joining us on the show. Thank you, Lisa. I appreciate it. Fun. Isn't Randy terrific? I want to thank Randy Seaver so much for joining us here on the show today. I was thrilled when he said yes to my invitation to being on the podcast, and it was really nice to get to meet this man in person. He is such a gentleman, and I met his lovely wife, Linda, at the Genia Bloggers Dinner, and they are just terrific folks. So I highly encourage you to read his blog. It really is one of the best ones out there. 
He does a wonderful analysis on what's going on in the world of genealogy, as well as sharing some of his own research. And he is an expert researcher. So there's always tips to pick up there as well. So just head to the show notes to find links to Randy's blogs and to learn more about him. And also you can watch the video cast of this interview. I'm going to include the video in the show notes, or if you are a subscriber to the Genealogy Gems YouTube channel, which of course is free, you just click subscribe so they'll send you an email when I post new videos, you'll find the video there. And that was a lot of fun to do because I could include some images and things of some of the stuff that he was talking about. So, and it's a chance to uh, see Randy and kind of get the feel for what, what the Jamboree was like. So uh, head over to the show notes and you can watch the video of my interview with Randy Seaver. Would you like to boost your genealogy research and break through those brick walls? Well, here's your answer. Become a Genealogy Gems Premium Member. You'll get two extra members-only episodes every month packed with great tips that you can use right away and instructional videos walking you through the best internet tools step-by-step. In the current series called Google, A Goldmine of Genealogy Gems, I'll show you how to get the most out of Google. If you enjoy the Genealogy Gems podcast, then you're going to love being a Genealogy Gems premium member. This is Tim Cox. I'm a premium member, and I have been for a while. just wanted to call and let you know that I really enjoyed being a premium member, and one of the perks I like about it is the videos. I learned how to build my own genealogy dashboard. The videos were called Google, a goldmine of genealogy gems, and because I made that dashboard, I'm able to monitor all the blogs and the websites that interest me, and I was able to create tabs So each tab has different topics, and just go to each one I want. This is like the best thing since sliced bread. So Lisa, thank you for what you're doing, and I really do enjoy your podcast. To become a premium member, go to my website at genealogygems.tv and click the Join Today button. And by entering the special coupon code SAVE20, that's S-A-V-E-2-0, you'll get 20% off the annual membership. Genealogy Gems Premium Membership. It's where you belong. Wow. Well, this episode just blew by. Um, My thanks to Randy Seaver for joining us here on the show. Um, I hope I've covered everything I had on my list. If not, you'll just have to tune in next time. We'll always have more for you. And of course, I encourage you to sign up for the e-newsletter, the Genealogy Gems e-newsletter, if you haven't already. It's one or two, about two emails a month, I think, that come to your inbox. Uh, They'll give you links to all of the new episodes and videos and things that are coming online that we're producing here, and as well as research tips and news, and also where to find me at future conferences. And when you sign up for the free e-newsletter, you get the Google Research Tip Book, 20 pages. It's like a massive cheat sheet for Google, (laughs) for Google searches. And um, you'll get that emailed to you for free when you do sign up for the newsletter. And just a quick mention of some of the other things that we've got going on here at Genealogy Gems over at the Family History Genealogy Made Easy podcast. Two new episodes, those are on public libraries. My guest was Patricia Van Skyke um, from the Public Library in Cincinnati, and boy, does she have a tremendous knowledge and experience with libraries, but not just that. She has the genealogy hat, too, that she wears, and she really gives us some great tips 
for how to approach our research at public libraries to get the very most out of them. And there are items that you won't necessarily find in the card catalog, and Patricia gives us those tips to find those elusive genealogical gems that may be hiding in public libraries. So uh, again, you can just head to the genealogygems.tv website and click the icon for Family History Podcast and take a listen to that. I think it's episodes 34 and 35. And I just published a brand new video for those of you who are premium members. This is on a fantastic free tool that you can use for mapping your ancestors. We've been talking a lot about location-based genealogy on the premium membership podcasts, and this is my first video. I think it's about 13 minutes, and I'm going to show you online how to use this tool that gives it's really tools within tool this tool because the website offers a variety of different types of maps and things that can overlay and help you to hone in on where your ancestors lived. And I even show you an example of how mapping it out actually helps me, helped me with my own research to determine kind of where the next steps were to research. So again, that is a video in the Genealogy Gems Premium Membership. And I would invite all of you to become members. would love to have you. And I definitely want to say another welcome to all of the brand new members that joined up over at Jamboree. Well, that's it for now. If you're looking for any information of the things we talked about here on the podcast, be sure, don't miss the show notes, genealogygems.tv, and this is episode 67. So until we meet here again, I'll be talking to you over at the Family History Genealogy Made Easy podcast. I want to thank you so much for listening, friend. I'll talk to you soon.